You're listening to Season 3, Episode 20. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Shop. My name is Therese and I run a small business called Small Business Collaborative, where I help business founders and owners to grow their wholesale. This week's episode is slightly different. I, For those of you who know this podcast, I regularly speak with industry experts and mentors, as well as brand owners and shopkeepers and buyers. Generally, always something related to your wholesale specifically. But this week, I am speaking with Vanessa from High 15. Vanessa is a business strategist and executive coach and she also coaches in inclusion and diversity. I invited Vanessa to talk about what we can do as small business owners often run by one person or just a few people to be more inclusive and be more diverse in the way we run our business. I really enjoyed chatting with Vanessa and I hope that you will find this episode really valuable and that we were able to answer a few of those questions that I certainly had going into recording this episode. I love to hear what you think. Of course, as always, I also love to see where you're tuning in. So do tag me. I'm at small underscore business underscore collaborative over on Instagram. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss any future episode, do pop over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and subscribe. And while you're there, I would appreciate if you left us a little review or rated us. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope that you enjoy this episode with Vanessa from High 15. Hello, Vanessa. Thank you so much for coming on Let's Talk Shop. I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you. Indeed. Hello. Um, I'm very happy to be here, actually. So excited. So, indeed, my name is Vanessa Bello. I'm, uh, I wear different hats. So, I have my own business called High 15 and uh, that I created about a year and a half ago now. And I, uh, so I'm a business strategist. I'm a diversity and inclusion consultant, and I, I am also an executive coach. So uh, I have a background in uh, in fashion. Uh, I spent 15 years actually working in fashion at different in different capacities. I started in an, uh, in market research for nine years and really understanding uh, everything to do with numbers and how to support businesses and big brands, corporations to gain more competitive advantage and understand also their target consumer better. And then after that, I moved on to, um, so I did actually different industries also within that. So I did fashion, beauty. At some point, I was working for Smith Klein. So it was a uh, toothpaste and uh, very different. I worked with alcohol, with uh, InBev. I mean, I worked with so many different brands. I've worked so far in my career with over 50 brands. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's really good. It's been, it's been fascinating and fun- a fantastic ride, I must say. So I did that for nine years and then I went into, trend forecasting. So really trying to understand what will really change the industries, different industries uh, in the next two to five years. So what will be the retail landscape? What will be the competitive landscape? What will be interesting to consumers, uh, etc. And I've I love because everything before that was very, I think, past reviews. You know, you would use past behaviors in order to try 
to understand what was going on. But actually, this, the new job at the time was all around the future. And I always got fascinated by that. So I did that for four years. Uh, I became the director of consultancy, actually, for Europe, for WGSN, which is a trend forecasting business. And after that, I decided that this was a bit too much because the, it was a very, very busy job. I was traveling seven months out of 12. And uh, and I just wanted to have a slower pace. So I moved and I had one client at a time, the Walt Disney Company. Uh, it was my only UK client uh, when I was at WSN. And then they had an opportunity for to become head of um, retail marketing for the UK business and that and their soft lines business, which is fashion and home. And, uh, and I applied, got the job for nine months. And then after that, stayed there in the end for two years and then created my business. So yeah, I've got quite a wide experience, I would say. Yeah, and fascinating. I, I guess it all is quite analytical in the way whether you're looking back at the past or you're looking to the future, you're kind of reading what's happening, I suppose. No, 100%, 100%. And I'm glad that I started my career in analytics because the way that I work, the way my mind works, it's still, even when I do business strategy or when I do diversity and inclusion, it's still very analytical. And But I added creativity to it, but mm -hmm. uh, it's still very analytical. And I love that because I do think that, you know, data, big data, research skills are very important, you know, when you're building a business, when you are trying to engage people. Absolutely. And I think that it's something you can apply, you know, no matter what size of a business you have. 100%, 100%. So I started, so as I said, I, I, I used to work only with big businesses, but now that, so over, it's been maybe three years now that I started to support uh, in some capacities, most of the time mentorship, to be honest, or free labor in a way, <laughs> small businesses and just understanding, getting Getting them to understand what is it that they can do to to be more on top of their strategies, their uh, their customers, and asking themselves also the right the right questions, and mm. uh, and that, that has been fascinating in itself. And I just fell in love with that part of my job, which was. It was not a job. It's just I was a mentor at the time. And then I was like, but I could really make it my job because I could see really how I, I was trying, I was managing to help small businesses. And so that's why mm. a year and a half ago, I created my own business. But then for a year, I continued working with big corporations. So my clients, um, my main clients with High 15 are LVMH Group. So I managed to, you know, to get in the door, which is great, uh, of the local yeah. business. I work also with Levi's um, and that's a, I love this client so much. And I work, of course, with the Walt Disney Company still. So even though I was employed, then when I became freelance, they hired me as a consultant and I still work with them to this day. And it's a, they're a great supporter and a great sponsor. So what do you do for them? Like for those companies, what what do you help them with? Different things. So uh, so LVMH, I help them. So LVMH and Levi's, this is actually more diversity and inclusion as well as executive and leadership coaching that I do with them. So I basically, mm -hmm. A lot of the time, they were really focusing on women uh, and really getting, trying to get the women uh, leaders to uh, become, you know, to have a better presence, a bigger presence, using their voice, etc. So I would, I worked, I started to work on with both of those clients three years ago and uh, two and a half years ago, and then um, I started to. But last year with Levi's, we started to broaden the conversation around diversity. That's really interesting that they, you know, we don't know that this work is going on behind the scenes I mean, it should be going on but we don't 
know that it exists. True, true. We, it's true. We don't know because a lot of companies don't really talk about it. I mean, next, last week, uh, Levi's actually earlier this week, they did, they made a statement around diversity and inclusion, more around ethnic uh, diversity in their, in their workforce. Uh, but there have been, I mean, a lot of businesses. I, when I was at Disney as an employee, I co-founded the first uh, multicultural business resource group. So it's an employee resource group. And actually by getting the business to focus and understand that they needed to cater to ethnic minorities or people of color in a different manner. So th- there is things happening definitely in the background, but a lot of the time it's quite grass- grassroots. So it's bottom up. And of course you need like big movements, like what we just experienced in order for it to become and be on the radar of, uh, of the executive leaders. But then for Disney, now I'm a business consultant for them. So uh, if they have a, so currently, for example, I'm working on two key projects. Uh, one where I'm writing, actually, I do, I write strategies for them on different expansion projects that they have. Or so I basically support them with business strategy on getting them to, again, ask themselves the right questions and also providing future insights retail consumer society so that uh, we know that what we are doing or what they are doing is the right is you know on the right path as much as possible it sounds like you have such a I mean, your work day must be very, I guess, diverse in like the tasks you have to do. Yes, because I'm, I get bored very easily, you see. So I created a career for myself where I get variety and where um, I, I'm led by passion, right? So I love everything that I do and I really believe in everything that I do and what I contribute to. And so, um, but I'm lucky because, you know, now with Disney, for example, I'm on, a, I've got different models, business models, but with Disney, I'm on, th- on a three day a week. So I get projects and I can work around everything else that I'm doing. Mm. Uh, I wake up very early <laughs> anyway. So I managed to, to do, uh, so, to get a lot of work done also on my, you know, diversity and inclusion or smaller business coaching and things like this that I do uh, in the morning or in the evening, because a lot of the time, you know, in small businesses, we know that we have to be more flexible, isn't it, to when we are coaching or when we strategy yeah absolutely i'm just fascinated that there was even there is even roles where you know it's been companies where you kind of teach inclusion and diversity but how do you even start that like when you go in like how is that structured what does it really mean (laughs) you know so you do different things i think you have to i mean when i work with companies on diversity and inclusion you've got to always start with where the business is at so i'll talk about levi's as an example so they, so I started to work with them on the on the women's leadership summits or the women's leadership initiative three years mm-hmm. ago, where they really wanted. So they just acknowledge um, after you know many different. I'm not sure that I don't think that it came from a negative place, meaning maybe they had complaints and things like this. I don't think that this is how they did it. They've always been actually very big supporters of women. I just they just felt that it was the right thing to do, and they just wanted to create a platform. But then, how do you go about doing this? And you've got to create. You know, you have in terms of strategy for diversity and inclusion, you've got just to understand: do you want to work with a micro community, or do you want to actually uh, impact a big group? So what did to do was to the in the first year is was to actually impact as many people as they could um so we organized this big they organized this big summit it was 120 women at the time and uh, and i was invited to actually just be a, a keynote speaker on telling them about my story telling them about 
career. And I guess just, yeah, talking about it from a, a women's perspective, because I've had a, you know, I still have, I guess, a, apparently a good career. And so they wanted me to talk about this. And actually my story resonated so much with, with them. And I was one of the only black person, you know, in the room, in the room at the time, my story really resonated with them, I think. And they just decided that, you know, we could create magic together. And I also saw it that day, you know, uh, because mm. I was very anxious actually to go in and tell my story because that's not what you do as a consultant. You don't talk about yourself. Yeah. But then they convinced me, it took uh, weeks for them to do that. In the- <laughs> and I felt very good actually about it. And that gave me a lot of confidence, funny enough, uh, for launching my own business. Because then I was just like, oh, wow, I, you know, I can stand as me, which was also which was also fascinating. But then it was great. And then after that, we started to design basically uh, meetings or meetups or workshops, uh, coaching workshops, leadership workshops, and uh, focusing on different topics. So the type of topics that I talk about just in general, and that's Levi's and LVMH, I talk a lot about purpose nowadays and helping people to understand, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, it's really to ask people almost to, for, or to encourage to them to ask themselves, am I in the right place? Do I know my values? How can I serve the world better? Because, you know, with COVID-19, I think there's been this collective trauma, but also collective realization that we are part of this world and we have a responsibility to make this world better. And, yeah. and therefore, then a lot of businesses have really encouraged their employees to also ask themselves this, those questions and say, but why are you here? If you're only here to cruise, this is not the time. 2020 is not the time. So yeah. <laughs> it's true, not, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Retail doing anything is hard. And when you don't have the motivation, you don't know why you're doing things, it's even harder. So I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking a lot about purpose, values. I'm talking a lot around the idea of success, redefining the idea of success, redefining finding the idea of but again what do you stand for see now you won't make me want to go work for Levi's <laughs> like, you know like, no business I've been in has ever done this say again no business has that I worked at has ever done this I think it's really good that businesses are doing this I think so but it's not only Levi's because I do the same work or similar work with LVMH group as well mm. they have a big women's uh, initiative as well women's leadership initiative and uh, and actually you know like it was maybe ooh, a weekend a month and a half ago sorry I did uh, two big webinars around the idea of success and really understanding what does it mean through COVID 19 and in order to give them tools so that they could target their post COVID 19 better. I'm doing another session in next week, actually, uh, for a French retailer within the group. So I, I think it's, um, a lot of companies are doing that, but sometimes it's, you know, it's behind closed doors and it's, it's, by the employees for the employees often, you know? Yeah. Not advertising. But it's very valuable as an employee, I think, to have. I hope so. <laughs> I would have loved it. Um, I, I know that. Mm. So do you feel that you were saying that you were one of the only black people in that room during that summit? Is Has that been something that you've had uh, to deal with throughout your career? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We call it, I love that, we call, I call it, with my dad, we have a, a joke, which uh, we call it the drop of coffee in the bowl of milk. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's something that, you know, the thing is that, you know, I've always um, been very, very ambitious, very, very, very ambitious. So mm. I've always wanted, wanted to be a director. You know, 
I didn't do a business school. I didn't have, I don't have two master's degrees and all the experience that I've got just to be, just to content myself and fit in a box that people that mm. would have created for me without even me being involved, if that makes sense. That I never liked that narrative. So I was always like, okay, I know that the higher I get, the the less of me there will be. And uh, that's okay. You know, that's fine. I'm still going to deliver and be, you know, the best or the most, the best version of me, I'm, I don't know, but at least the, the, the I will showcase the, my excellence, you know, in the best possible way. Because I really believe in me. I believe in what I say. I believe in what I do. And I believe that I matter. So therefore... Uh, it's always been yes of course always but i say it's not only in corporations when i went to my business school in my year we were only two two black women yeah. so you know i think that uh we live in a in a society and you know we always lived in a society that is and especially in france i guess it's very hierarchical it's quite elitist yeah you've got you know those are the rules and as a woman of color or person of color you know those rules from get go dead dot almost you know because it's so I think intriguing to how our parents have been brought up, how we are brought up, that we believe that maybe there is a ceiling for us, you know, at some point. So I was never surprised to see that I was the only black person. You think you had to ho- uh, work harder f- to get where you are than a white woman would have had to do? Oh, I don't think I know. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's um, you don't ha- you don't get given the same opportunities. You don't get, uh, and it is not actually. Uh, I'm not engaging in this conversation on a from a victim mentality. I want people no, to no. have this uh, very very clear in their mind. But you know, we live and and now we can. You know, it's interesting. The 19th of June today, we can really talk about this openly. We live in a racist society. People are not racist by choice. The society is. But then the mm. society is made by people. But this society has been created so long ago that we are still not, I mean, we're trying to reverse it. Uh, this will take long t- a long time because this has been created, those, those foundations of this racist society have been created from a long time before my time. Absolutely. Yeah, I read a post today which said, the system is not broken. It was built this way. Yeah, 100%. It was built this way. So for people who then, and, and as a POC, I think as a people of color, women of color, we know that. We've all mm. known that. So, uh, you know, when people say, oh, God, it's so broken, you'd allow some people to actually think that way. But you know that, no, it's not broken. It's benefited some people for a long time. And now it's potentially time to, to say enough. Yeah. I think what I, well, as a small business, I don't have any employees because because my business is me, like, mm-hmm. you know, like me. That. So, so, so I had a lot when this whole, I mean, I'm definitely one of these people that hasn't been giving this enough thought before. But my first sort of thought was like, how can I be more inclusive, more diverse when the team is me, <laughs> you know? Yes. And I feel that probably a lot of small business owners feel this way, whether they have a small shop or or they run a small business, often out of their home. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts about how people can be more, run a more diverse business and more inclusive business with with a small team they can't hire yes of course because for me i think that when you know first of all the way to look at it is not to say i it's only me only me is a fantastic it's only me as a business owner who is trying to give to to send a message or to share a message 
and to engage with others. That's the way to look at it. Now, mm. and in doing that, it's basically, so the way that I work with small businesses on that particular challenge, it's first I get them to overcome that, but it's only me. I don't really, I don't really think that I can do much. So we yeah. want that first of all, to be like, no, you can do so much. Remember you went there, you had an idea, maybe you had a career and you did really well. You could have stayed in that career, but you had an idea where you said, enough, I want maybe more freedom. I want maybe more money. I want maybe more balance, etc." From an idea you created now, this business, which suits you. And that gives you in theory, what is it that you designed it to do? So yeah. we can all create something from an idea. So now, or from a realization, because this society is racist, is a realization for people now which is fine. We are not, I, you know, I did something about, uh, so at the beginning on the 30th of 31st of May, which was um, the weekend where there was the episode with Josh Floyd. So I saw, you know, the outcry and as a diversity and inclusion consultant, I felt very, I was like, wow, this feels very different. Ooh la la. I can see that now people are getting this. And I was like, wow. And you know, I could not even believe it actually on the 30th, which was a Saturday. I was just like, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect myself to experience this during my lifetime because yeah. I hope for that day, but I, we, we always hope for a day like so, but I didn't think that I would experience it. Anywho, when I saw it, I felt that it felt different. I then looked on Instagram, right? And that's thinking I have two accounts, my personal account and then my business account. On my business account, I could see mm, five to 10% of people kind of talking that I was following in my feed talking about this. And then on my business, on my personal account, it was 80 to 80, 85%. And I was like, wow, why is there such a big difference? And I was like, okay, the only difference is that on my personal one, I don't really engage with a lot of businesses. It's more friends and people. But then on my business account, it's mostly businesses. And I was just like, this is very interesting. And then I was just like, on the Sunday, 31st, I was like, enough. I don't understand why the business side is still being so quiet. Business side was mostly made of uh, female founders, small businesses, team of one with some virtual uh, assistant and things like this. And I could understand it from an executive uh, coaching perspective where I was like, maybe they don't know what to say. Maybe, Maybe they don't care. Maybe they care, but they don't know what to say. Maybe they just don't think that they could use their voice and their communities from a business perspective to raise awareness of the message. So I decided that I had enough with this silence and I contacted them. And when that happened, so I sent a very nice message. Hey, you know, hello, happy Sunday. Um, I don't know if you know what's going on in the world right now, but there's this massive outcry because, you know, I'm thinking, yeah. okay, let me just give them a, a bit of an education as well. And to be like, you know, um, and then I said, I think that silence, because it was all before this, the post that we saw silence is complicit or silence is violent, knew that it was. So I just acted on it. And this is one of the things as a small business, I didn't know most of these women, but I followed them. Right. And uh, they were do- some of them are doing really well on Instagram. I mean, I had 240 followers, right, on the 31st of, uh, of uh, May. Oh, really? Yes, of course, because, you know, I started my Instagram four weeks before that because oh. I was only working with corporations, as I said. So I never had yeah. to have a public kind of high 15 face. Yeah. Um, and so, but I was just like, I don't care about my following. I'm still an individual. And hold on a minute, I'm a, I'm a customer. 
of yours because whenever you're selling your programs, you know, you don't care about money doesn't have color, right? You don't yeah. know where the money comes from. So, but I need you then to make this money doesn't have color fair and, and square for everything that actually, because again, from my business strategy perspective, I know that business businesses, which who will thrive uh, in now and in the future are those that are really purpose led. And I was really thinking, if you're not talking about this, that tells me a lot about your values. And I don't like that. So yeah. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, put it on your radar and see what you do. And I basically reach out to a lot of, of people and uh, white women only, female founders mostly. And to tell mm. them, for those who didn't have anything, please put it on. And I finished my message as uh, like this. I said, as a woman of color, I do not want my future children to live in this world. Yeah. Uh, and I do Something I've told a lot of people in the last few days, in like weeks. Yeah, I don't have kids now, but I, you know, I would like it one day. And I think that it's sad. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm a Black Caribbean woman, but I'm, I discovered I did my DNA recently, and I'm eighty percent African, percent Caucasian, because you know, because of slavery, etc. We are. Yeah. My partner is half English white, half Sri Lankan, so we know that our babies would be brown babies. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. And and. And I love that fact, you know, I'm very happy about this, but I don't want my kids, boy or girl, to go, and especially boy, I guess, to to be uh, in a situation where just because of the skin color or his skin color is going to be treated differently. I have been treated differently because of my skin color. My partner has been treated differently than our white counterparts because of his skin color. And at some point, if we can really be all getting, staying at home, to uh, because we are scared of COVID nineteen, I think that it's time also for us to start thinking about. Gosh, I have a p- big part to play in this society and in this world, and so let's not be silent. Let's redefine our values. So when I work to go back to your question, when I work with small businesses on uh, understanding what is it that they can do, first really do the work in the sense that it, doing the work for me is not only reading the books; it's actually understand and reconnect with the idea of why did you start your business? What Mm. you see in the world that you didn't want to see and what do you want to change and disrupt? Because small business owners, and I did a post about this, I really believe that all small business owners, founders, are visionaries. Because yeah. it's hard. Yeah, I read that post. <laughs> it's hard. You don't go out there thinking that you're going to make a living of something that you created yourself, you know, just by chance, by luck. Sometimes it's mm. luck, but it's hard work. So I think that we all need to now understand. And I think COVID-19, as I said, has really helped everybody to understand how they fit in the world. Because we were all, we all, we I think we all sat down, we, we disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. From the we were all running, running, running yeah. on like I guess automatically. Yeah, auto mode. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we took we couldn't do that anymore. Yes, exactly. And you see when you and this is I think also one of the key things is that George Floyd, rest in peace, didn't have his freedom was taken away from him because he couldn't move, right? He couldn't breathe. Mm. That's what he was saying. And I think that in a way, I think so many people, not the breathing necessarily. Well, I say not the breathing, but the breathing as well, because, you know, when we got um, taken this idea of, oh my God, we, we lost our freedom. You couldn't just go to a park and just, you know, do a barbecue 
and enjoy and call your 20 friends and say, let's have a party. You couldn't yeah. just to, to, you couldn't just enter uh, uh, any retail stop stores without queuing. And so we know what being restricted, what it means. Oh, maybe. Oh, this is new. To, like I haven't had this. Yeah. And the breathing. And we were more perceptive to it. I always, like, I've been talking to people about how we were more perceptive to this because we were stuck at home. But actually, yeah, we've had freedoms taken away from us too. Freedom taken away. We The breathing piece. Everybody remembers, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And why is that that it really resonated a lot in people's mind is because COVID-19 is uh, that it's passed through breathing, touch, Mm. things that are actually, again, in theory, so natural to us. Nowadays, if you want to take the bus, I mean, now I know the UK, we are reopening, etc. If you want to take the bus, you need to have a mask, right? So which has an impact on your breathing, right? At some point, everybody was looking for a mask, which covered your mouth and your breathing, your nose and your breathing. So all of those things that actually, again, subconsciously, I do think that this is why we were really, because, you know, we've been very, you know, for us in the black community, this has, this is not the first time that this happened. Not at Yeah, all. of course. It happens all, all the time, unfortunately. Exactly, unfortunately. And even since Josh Floyd, there's been other cases, you know. Um, mm. And I think that... And it's not just here uh, in the US. No. I, I think this is very important <laughs> because all the cases that are talked about a lot of the time are US cases. Exactly. When actually we know that it's not the case. So I think that this is the thing that we've got to... Uh, I, I do think that this has really helped. And if we could just all be you know, conscious of our positioning or our contribution to fighting mm. disease, or at least not fighting it but not spreading it, I do think that when we position ourselves from a, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, we can all go back as small business owners. We cannot go back to why did I, and often, you know, people, when you ask them the question, why did you create your, your, your business? The mission statement is often around the serving of others. It's often around trying to make the world better, fairer, et cetera, et cetera, which means mm-hmm. that if this is truly what you meant to do. Then diversity and inclusion needs to become an horizontal. And it's not only about race. It's not only about women. It's not only about LGBTQ+, it is also about people with disability, visible and invisible. It is many, many, many things. And I think that therefore we, and I think it's a great opportunity actually for many small businesses to not only cater to their primary target customers, but to widen their pool and actually welcome people in. Because as, as human beings, what we want is to belong. So, you know, when yeah. you find, a, and nowadays also with COVID-19, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for small businesses because people, you know, small businesses have been the ones also, when you couldn't go to Sainsbury's or Morrison's, there was no delivery slot or whatever. Yeah. You realize small businesses help. So it is now the time. They have a bigger audience than ever before. They have a bigger influence, I think. And a business nowadays, we live in a world very simply where Personal is not only personal anymore. It's personal, mm. political, and professional is one, is the three P. And yeah. that's how we need to see our businesses. Some people, and this is the thing, some of the messages I got back was all very positive, but some of them were, I don't know what to say. Second was, I'm talking about it on, in my personal 
circle. But on my professional, I didn't really feel that it was maybe fitting. And I was just like, then you don't understand the world we live in today. And mm. that's the bottom line, you know? I think that uh, some people also worried. I've, I've talked to a few business owners that, you know, they are doing, they are doing, you know, having the conversations behind the scene. They they did post probably about it when, when it all kicked off, right? Well, mm. when on, when I say kick off, I mean all the black squares on Instagram. Yes. And, you know, they posted that, they talk, shared all the posts, they did, you know, they've been learning in the background, they've been talking to their family and friends. But now they, like, I was talking to someone the other day, and then now she's kind of feeling like, yes, she's continuing to have those conversations, but how she doesn't want to be seen to, what was the word? You know, when you were just doing it for the cloud, yes. basically. Yes, I'll see. So this is... But so what does she do? Visible changes do you make? Yeah. Or how do you keep it up? Exactly. And this is the thing. So for me, the real work starts now because, mm. you know, and it's when the, the, the press is not talking about it that actually the work starts, especially when it comes to business. I think that first is the first step. I have a framework that I created actually just to help anybody. Oh, yes. When it comes to this, it's in five key steps. So one, self-reflection. We know that this is important, but it's actually asking us, ourselves the key question. Have I been aware, have I been aware of these issues before? Any issues that it is. Now it's about diversity inclusion. So have I really been aware of this or have I chosen not to be? Maybe I was aware, but I chosen to, to, you know, not see it. If mm. you have to, the self-reflection is, needs to be very honest, right? And authentic and genuine. And it is not about judgment. That framework is not based on judgment. And actually it's a framework of how to become a diversity advocate, which I think is the key things that now people need to start thinking about. Be, yeah. you know, there is no normal anymore. Right. So we are actually now creating a world that will become our normal and we all have a responsibility in that new world. So it is the time for reassessment and redefinition and above all, not and no judgment. So self-reflection is truly speaking. Yes, I've been aware, but I didn't really do anything about it because I didn't think it was my place. Now, mm. this movement gave you and gave everybody tools and also the blessing to be talking about things like this. Good. Step two, self-acknowledgement. Answer the question honestly and say, yes, I knew, but I didn't do anything about it. Now I can only do better. No, I actually didn't know. And and I would believe some people. I have actually had no idea that this was that bad, that this was to that extent. What can I do to make this right? Okay. Self, yeah. Step three, self-forgiveness. These steps is so important in the whole thing from a psychological perspective is to say, because nowadays, and this is what you, I think, describing is that people are a bit paralyzed because they are thinking, okay, I talked about it when everybody was talking about it, but actually this has really impacted me on a personal level. And I can actually maybe start thinking that it will impact me on my bottom line because if I don't, because some people are scared, let's be honest, they're thinking, if I don't know how to tackle this, am I going to be seen as a racist because I am not an anti-racist? Because that's another outcome of this movement, which is do not be silent. Yes, you're not a racist, that's cute, but you need to become an anti-racist, okay? Yes. <laughs> and I think that, and people are worried about the bottom line because they're like, well, I want to be an anti-racist, but I don't know how to do it. That's cool. Yeah. Then, um, and I say, before, forgive yourself for not having been one before. 
because the past, I don't care about it. You know, mm. if anything, like I'm 37 now, I still want to look fat and I look fabulous. I want to look fabulous for the next 30 years or 40 years or 50 years of my life, right? So I care about the future. Commitment, yeah. step four. This is really when we need to pledge. And that is a very important point. I think that a lot of businesses need to uh, ask themselves the questions of, do are you committed to making a change? Whatever change will be, but are you, first of all, to opening your mind to making a change and not go back into the hamster wheel and the rut that you were in before? If the answer is yes, fine. Then that means you're ready to go on to the next phase, which is step five action. The reality though, is that committing to do the work, you have to commit on one key thing. You cannot do it by yourself because if you have just been awakened to this reality, you ha- this is where you have to trust professionals to come and help you to make, to actually come up with a genuine f- diversity and inclusion framework that will actually look at your whole business, which means you're a team of one, that's fine. You're a team of one who has created an empire, that's fine. But we say we're a team of, we're a team of one, but we talk to people all the time. We engage with yeah. people on Instagram. We like now we are engaging on a podcast. We engage, you know, with suppliers. We engage all the time. Ask questions, you know, push those conversations, not in a forceful way, but just say, oh my God. So I've been really, and share your journey. I hear too many people nowadays because it's the new tagline. I'm, I am learning and I'm listening and I'm just yeah. cute. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, well, so I, from a personal point, I am doing all those things, but then I don't know if like sharing that I'm doing those things is actually me. I don't want to be seen as bragging about doing those things. But then I, on the other hand, I feel like if I don't share it, but if I share it, maybe I encourage other people to do it. And that is what I want to do. But I, I actually stopped myself today sharing that about something I was doing because I was like, well, does this come across like I'm making it about me? No, but it needs to be about you. Yeah. The movement is I should have just done that. This is the thing. The whole thing, the whole movement is not about you. The movement is about us. Mm. All of us. And I need people to feel accountable that they have a part to play. As a majority, and as business owners, we have a part to play in this. And you decide what's right for you. Is it around encouraging others to search and um Financer? Is it by, okay, let's say that you're starting to work with a new, with a consultant, you know? So for example, I, I, I'm i on calls all the time nowadays with small businesses where they're like, okay, Vanessa, I really want to create better, uh, a diverse work, workforce, or at least a diverse way of working, a way of thinking. Because mm. for yourself, it's not about the work being more diverse. It's about the way that you think which becomes, which needs to become more diverse and inclusive. And then you're like, okay, fine. And you need to work with somebody who can look at your business and understand where is it that you can make the key changes, but also who can enable you and help you to create a roadmap. Because for me, it's, you cannot go completely cold turkey. You know, I always, I talk about diversity and inclusion as like a diet. Mm. And I give that as an example, especially to women business founders, because to female business founders, because they understand the world of dieting, right? Yeah. Well, who hasn't been on a diet? So I say, okay, so when we are, uh, so for example, lockdown started, okay, most of us, so I've changed my habits, the way that I eat, I only eat 
twice a day with a little snack now. Only because I understood that I'm not moving as much. I'm not burning as many calories. Yes, I can exercise as well, but it's not the same. So I made some changes. I took, you know, intentionally, I sat down with myself and my boyfriend and we talked about our eating habits and we decided, you know what, we know that we are going to um to live in a you know in our flat and be in our flat much more. Let's do let's commit to doing something different. We had mm. a conversation and this is almost the same conversation as committing step step four. I want to make a change because I understand that now we live in a society where we need to be anti-racist. Let me commit now to making changes. Okay. Then after that, you have to come up with a plan. Okay. So, but how many times are we going to eat? What meals are we going to actually, are we doing breakfast, lunch, and a little bit of a, of a dinner as a snack? Are we just doing lunch and dinner? What? That is almost thinking you come up with hypotheses, with ideas. You don't know what will work the best, right? Then depending, you can actually go and at that point, you say, you can say, actually, we feel very comfortable, comfortable about this because we have maybe dieted in the past and we know what works for us. But in this of diversity and inclusion, a lot of people are new to this conversation. So come up with the hypothesis, come up with ideas. But when you are second guessing yourself and you don't know what's right or wrong, this is when you need to hire a coach or a consultant that can help you to tell you for your business, for your audience. And also that person will be your accountability partner, but also your guide in telling you, you really have to think about your resources. Not everybody is equal in this conversation, meaning a big business will have thousands of resources to actually make a bigger impact. But yeah. not about the quanti- the quantity of the impact. The overall is just having an impact. But we have to be mindful about your physical, your financial, your mental resources. You still have a business to run. So you understand yeah. already that working with a coach and consultant will help you navigate this. Then together, you will define actions, right? So if I go back to my dieting thing, either we do, uh, you know, we eat the morning and then lunch and then whatever, you know, you then define on the plan and actions. Yeah. All right for you, your your business shape, where you're at in your journey of being a business owner, where, regarding, you know, taking into account your goals, etc. And then, and we create a plan, which is a big roadmap that you can actually review, right? Every three months, every six months, because change transitions take time. We're not asking as a diversity and inclusion perspective, uh, consultant, as well as a woman of color, I am not asking businesses to come up with, I'm going to save the world because I don't believe you. I yeah. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't. You know, no, yeah. you're not going to, because otherwise nobody would need to diet. We'll just be, you know, all of a sudden from Monday to Tuesday, we'll just drop 30 pounds. No. Yeah. And still be happy and eat what we want. Exactly. <laughs> it, takes time. it takes hard work. So yeah. you that when you look at it from a dieting perspective, how simple that is, isn't it? So that's why mm. I about this, this analogy, which I think works. And then after that, though, what needs to happen is that you have to remember constantly that this is a daily practice similarly to when you diet so then i get the, my, my my killer example is when i talk about nutella versus 70 percent dark chocolate and intentionally every time you, you you're like oh god i really want a little snack and i want something chocolatey 
Okay. In your diet plan, you it says you can have a bit of chocolate. Either mm. the 2.5 grams of Nutella or it's a 15 grams of dark 70% dark chocolate. Sometimes the satisfaction that you will get from the 2.5 gram of Nutella will be much higher than the 15% of seven of the 70 the 15 mm. gram of the 70% dark chocolate. But what I'm saying is that it's an intentional daily decision. So you will have the two options, but you know what the plan is. You don't want to put on weight or you want to lose weight. So you have to always connect with that purpose, with that goal, and actually make an intentional decision on either you go that way, knowing the consequences of potentially uh, using the Nutella or doing the, um, uh, you know, choosing to eat the 70% dark chocolate. The reality is that habits take a minimum of 66 days. To mm. broken people talk about 21 days but that's not true it's a minimum of 66 days so, and i think that sometimes it takes even longer it really depends on your personal circumstances too 100 percent. so i think that what i'm asking small businesses to do is really currently work on step one to four which is again self-reflection self-acknowledgement self-forgiveness and commitment i see already and now, you know, I'm on Instagram, right? So I've already seen businesses, small businesses doing pledges and saying, oh, we have decided that this is what we're going to do. And I'm thinking, okay, today is the 19th of June. This has been three weeks. So for something that you didn't know about, you say you didn't know about at all before, you already in three weeks time has gone inwards, work with nobody other than yourself um, and decided that you're going to, you know, already decided the plan of action. But hold on a minute. If I look at your target, is it diverse? Have you engaged with anybody in the community that you so want to, you know, you so want to support mm. to actually test your plan? Do you really know what the impact, the long-term sustainable impact will be? Or is this about you? So to go back to your example, if you were going to share something today, which was around, I am, I'm reading Me and White Supremacy, the book Laila Fad, for example, and I'm on already day 10 or 15 because you know that's the program that she has and wow i just wanted to make a post around stuff that i've learned and i'm not here to to teach i just want to share mm. that i appreciate and i encourage anybody to do so because when i when people tell me i am listening and i'm learning i'm like okay cute what are you learning that's basically what my yeah. is always so what are you learning share it tell me you know why? Because selfishly, I am not waiting another 13,617 days in my body as a, as a black woman to, I'm not waiting for you guys or for anybody who is deciding that that's new to them to do yeah. the work. I'm not waiting. So I want to know where you at and I will help you on that journey because, you know, a business completely will say, I didn't know anything. I need, I'm starting from zero. I need a resource, but I'm overwhelmed. That's the conversation of the conversation I have with people. So much. I, I mean, I've had similar conversations. I can't help them, but I've had similar <laughs> conversations. Then my way. But you know, yeah, on this topic, I just, as clueless. Yeah, then she said them my way because I know that a lot of people decide not to talk, but I decide to speak. I decide to support. I decided to, um, I mean, it's my work, right? It's my job. I, I am a business strategist, so I know the business mm -hmm. side and I know how culture impacts businesses, uh, how I know also how, and I understand the paralysis because I know that you do something wrong 
framed, you know, with a wrong message, that could be the end of your business. You know, nowadays we live in a cancel culture. Yeah, I think that uh, that strikes a lot of fear in people too. Yeah. And something, yeah, I think we all felt that. Mm-hmm. I, I was very uh, sure, like, you know, how do I... I haven't decided what, you know, I need to do as a business. I mean, I know what I want to do at the mo- this moment in time, but, you know, it will be something I'm developing, right? In the- yes. But the thing I did right away was like, well, I could at least talk about it on here. Yes. And I will learn as I go along mm-hmm. together with people that are listening and my guests. And then that might sh- change as we go on, but like my whole thing was how I just want to talk about it. And that is the already, that's fabulous. And you want to talk about it publicly, which I think yes, I do. you're taking people on a journey, you're engaging with different people. And I think it's because it's the time to change, but change, as I said, takes time. And we have to really think about, you know, that it's not a transition is not easy and we mm. must not underestimate this. And this is why also sometimes, you know, like, and this is why I do it with the dieting thing. I, I do the, 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 the parallel with that because sometimes we would have actually maybe, um, tried to lose weight for, you know, by ourselves for a long time. Okay. With, some success and sometimes not. But actually, when you commit to working with a coach or with somebody who makes you feel accountable, gives you the right guidance, that's when you see the most success. And that is what we need to, I need people to understand. You can try to do it by yourself and you may be successful, but, or you can work with a professional, you choose, you know? And, uh, And that's the thing, because when it comes to transitions, I want to I think give another framework so then people understand. We, it's like now almost people have arrived into a new uh, situation, okay? A new, and they've been, as I said, awakened to a new reality. And they have mm. to decide when it comes to this, when you are like, oh my God, this feels very different. You know, I am second guessing myself, which I never did before. You know, that's, that's what you just explained, for example, when trying to post something and thinking, but no, I don't want this, you know? So you feel mm. like, and then you're thinking, okay, but who do I talk to about this? Who is yeah. worthy for me to share this? Who is not going to judge me? How can I feel at my best again? Because, you know, Maybe three weeks ago, you had no idea about this and therefore you were doing what you do and you were doing it really well. Mm. And now this is almost your, your, yeah, your, your way of working has been disturbed and disrupted. Gladly so, rightly so, but it's a new normal to be, to feel, I think, adopt, adapted to and comfortable. Yeah. That is the, that is the phase you're in right now. The, you're arriving and we use, you're seeing that this feels different. Then after that, there will be a phase which is called the surviving phase. And that's traditional transition coaching. The surviving phase will be that you will find some internal compass. You will weigh, You will find a way to navigate this for yourself. And you will yeah. come up with ideas to uh, navigate with your business, right? You will win some. Some of things will, will make you feel really good and you'll be like, oh yeah, this is amazing. I'm actually on the right path. But then you will have some surprises along the way because maybe you will, because again, you've not really necessarily gone back to your strategy, your values, working with somebody who can really get you to reassess almost your business. You would have done it by yourself. And sometimes a team of one is fab, but me, myself, and I, I always say me, myself, and I, we've (laughs) fantastic conversations. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> but sometimes you're like, oh, I really need somebody else's brain, you know, because it, yeah. feels it just will help me. And then this is when in the surviving phase, you feel that, oh, I'm getting more, I'm getting more resilient. Um, I believe in myself a bit more. I feel more comfortable and more confident that I can do this. But then you know also that between the surviving phase, it will go, it goes up and down. And if you are not navigating this phase with someone, you may actually, when you'll have surprises and negative surprises happen to you, you may give up. You may find this too hard. You may, it, it, it just, you know, the, the new goal that you have, you may not be able to achieve it because actually it's become too taxing emotionally, which means that you cannot apply yourself to actually, you know, hit your financial goals or whatever that you want to hit with your business. Mm. This is why I always say to people, you have to keep yourself accountable, keep going, but you there's a clear steps of, in order to take action, there needs to be a step back that is taken. That is, especially on this matter, the, it's twofold. You have to do the work personally as an individual, and then you have to do the work as a business owner. The work personal, the personal work that you do, you can do that by yourself. The business work, I urge people, do not do it by yourself, ideally, because there's too much at stake. If you manage to create a business that is your livelihood, it becomes harder to make decisions because you're, you're, you're paralyzed by fear most of the time, because mm. you become too aware of what people would think of you. But if you navigate this with somebody who is a professional in the space, you then get to the thriving phase much quicker. And actually then... I think that's... Yeah, I think that's with any business coaching or a mentoring. 100%. But for no, you can get to the... From point A to B by yourself, but you will have a much curvier road. Exactly. And if you're ready for that, good. But the change that the, the, the society is requesting on diversity and inclusion is fast. You know, the results are expected to be fast. And I think that uh, this is why for me, so personally, what I decided to do was I created um, a training program for businesses, for small businesses, where that I'm launching actually beginning of July, because I'm allowing people currently to do the personal work. Because then... So will that be online? Like, how is that going to work? So what I want to do is, uh, and I'm still thinking because of what what the best format will be. So I do coaching, right? So I would do, uh, I want to do one-to-one coaching. Currently, my offer is one-to-one coaching that I, I'm thinking of doing with that. One-to-one coaching, one-to-one business coaching around diversity and inclusion of, again, how can you become more of a diversity advocate and create an equitable business? So for, especially for smaller businesses. Yes. So especially because I already do the work with corporations, but for these instances, yes, for small businesses, uh, completely different rates. <laughs> Corporation, a big big business, but then uh, and then I I I want to also offer a small group because I do think that uh, there is value in doing a small group group small group session. First, it's more affordable. Second, uh, maybe there will be quite a lot of conversations that would be created. Mm. But if somebody wants somebody very besp- something very bespoke, so for example, I'm going to start working with a small business in two weeks' time. And basically what they, in this phase, because we already had a call, what they're doing is that they're coming up with all of their hypotheses. You know why? Because as people of business owners, they've already 
have done some of that journey themselves of their personal work. They've read the books, etc., because they started before this, because it's already a purpose-led business. So they knew yeah. already that they wanted, they already diversity and inclusion was already on their on their radar, but now mm. they understood that they need to actually do it better, uh, quicker. So they've already read the books a few months back, etc. And so now we can focus on their business. So I told them, take the time to come up with ideas, speak with your employees, and it's the brainstorming that is more an internal work. And when you're ready, uh, which will be in two weeks' time, then we are starting to, we're going to start and work on their belonging framework. This is another thing that I talk about. Diversity and inclusion is nice, but for me, I think what we want to, what I'm, I'm encouraging people to think about is how do you create a framework where everybody feels that they belong? And yeah. in yourself. And I mm. think that this is very powerful, especially when it's a small business. And I lose, look at it from my own experience. For me to feel that I belonged in High 15, I, mm. me a while, I'm not going to lie. It's good. Even though I created it, I'm the founder, etc. I called it High 15 and not my name because I didn't want it to be only about me. And so I used to say, we, 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 we everywhere. But then I realized people was like, but Vanessa, the we is who? (laughs) But you're the voice. So you need to say I. And I was just like, oh, wow. And that was a, also like um, a journey for me to actually grow from a we to an I. And yeah. actually I acknowledge that is because maybe before I was, a, I did, I was in between, I, I don't know. I, I was in two minds regarding the business. I was like, am I going all in or am I, you know, am I really doing this? You know, the confidence piece. And actually, and even if I'm a coach, etc. and I work with coach, you know, with a coach to actually get me to understand it's an eye, girl. <laughs> it's an eye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do yeah. Already. So step into it. So even as a coach, I need a coach, you know, because you stay with yourself, then you become paralyzed. And sometimes you take the wrong decisions, you know? So, yeah. So I am a very, so, you know, from a personal thing, I am very impatient. And I'm sure other small business owners, so say you have a shop, for example. Yeah. And you are doing all the work, whether you, however you're doing it, you're doing it. But you also want to do something that is going to, you know, affect people right away. So you start looking at your supplier base and you start looking at your ranges. Could they be more diverse enough? Could they be more inclusive? Could your supplier base be more diverse? Like, do you feel that that's something you can do right away? Or do you think that that's something that needs to be like, you have to take a step back first and then do it? I think if you feel that, so you have to know yourself, right? And if you are impatient, there is no, I think there is no harm in actually asking yourself the right questions because when you start the personal work, you know, the key questions that you get asked in those books, for example, or in articles, etc., about your own values, about your own self, you can also apply somewhat onto your business and actually mm-hmm. say, you know, if you really realize now that you've got to make your business more diverse, 100%, I think, start thinking about but what can I do now or start doing now that I could, uh, that could help me to actually even feel better. Because, you know, you have to find along the journey of transitions mm. of change and changing your mindset, you've got to find those moments of pleasure and of feel good. And if you know that contacting new suppliers that you've never known before, but because they are, uh, you know, working with people of color or they are offering products that are more diverse makes you feel good, you know that you're on the right track according to your mission, which is even if your mission for now is 
I want to make my business more diverse. That's good enough. So yeah. I encourage people to do that because you, I think if otherwise you, you leave it too late, you may lose your confidence. So yeah. you see what I mean? It's when you are, you are on a high on, of the, oh my God, this is really not, you know, the more you read and you're like, ah, oh, I really didn't know that. Okay. But remember in the framework, you forgave yourself. So it's all good. You committed to change. <laughs> yeah. The framework is really good. I'm, I'm, I did it. So I think it's great. I think that taking an active step is also really like good, like from like, it makes it easier to forgive yourself if you're doing something practical at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it enables you to always come back to making still this still alive you know and i'm mm. not like oh yeah that was two weeks ago and um so i do think so something that you that small businesses could do now is really think about even if you did one or two actions or you know in your let's talk about st- uh, social media for example because yeah. that was your example you could say I would, I want people to start going back to really talking about their own businesses because they have to. In order to make this change and to create an equitable business or society, I need businesses, small businesses to be successful. I need them to make money. The movement needs them to make money. And in order to actually balance the impact, the social impact. And I think that uh, someone shall not, shall not actually undermine that making sales will help you to donate, will help you to mentor people uh, of color, will help you to provide actually maybe spots on programs that you are creating or or they will allow you to maybe gift, do whatever you want to do that you are reading your resource, but you've got to, you've got to make money. You cannot not make money that makes sense and be paralyzed because then you're not helping the movement. So I do need people, but what I do need people to think about is applying the 80-20 rule, which is 80% of the time or transition back to that maybe. 80% of the time, talk about your business and what you do, etc. 20% of the time for the next two to three weeks before, you know, whilst you are still doing the work, but before you get to um, talking to a coach or a consultant, start thinking about how can I make a link between diversity and inclusion and me wanting to actually create an equitable business and an equitable society linking back to my business because mm. so for example yesterday i did a webinar and there was a yeah. woman who has a meditation business okay and she was just like vanessa i just don't know how to create how to talk about you know can i talk about meditation now shall i only talk about diversity and inclusion and I was like, but you, are you a diversity and inclusion expert no so why should you continue talking about it but what you can do is sharing and actually starting to encourage people to see how you are bringing diversity and inclusion into your business, meaning meditation. If you have done the work or some of the work and you applied it to your own business or your own industry, you would know that mental health is a problem anyway that, uh, you know, in our society, yeah. uh, we're not talking about it enough, etc. But especially when it comes to people of color. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you know that... Especially now, I think, when it's constantly being taught, you know... Especially when something like this happens. Exactly. So then you've got to start thinking about, can my meditation, my service support a problem that is actually already in our society and that is maybe even more prominent when it comes to people of color? 
can my business and what I already do support? Then you say, oh, yes. So now what you do is that in your content strategy, you could start thinking about, I'm talking about my normal post of meditation services, etc. But that will do maybe one post a week, maybe two posts a week, depending on how often people post. I will start talking actually about raising awareness of other issues that are not only serving my current uh, target consumer that is potentially not, or my, my target community that is not maybe diverse, I will start actually sharing because you, when we said, you know, diversify your feed, well, mm. don't, don't diversify just for the sake of diversifying. That's already an action. Diversify and find people who are already in your industry. We are all here. People of color, we're everywhere. You know, and <laughs> you know, so there are people of color who do yoga and who are influencers when it comes to yoga. There are people of color who do anything. So yeah, of course, those guys and do collaboration. Maybe even by reaching out to say, I would love to do a collaboration with you on a live, on a, having a conversation. Not for you to only talk about race, but to talk about what do you do as a business. The same way that you yeah. do it. Do you see what I mean? That yeah, something that people can do straight away, of course. So with your business, do you want to, what, what is your goal? Do you want to, what, where's your passion right now? Is it working with smaller businesses? You always want to have a mix between corporate clients and small businesses. What do, What's your dream with it? I always want to have a mix ideally because I think that um, I my background is in big corporations. And I think that when you work in big corporations first, I'm a millennial. So I love instant gratification, which I've, I've created a, a career where I can and a job where I can have an impact on big businesses, you know, through my insight, through my strategy work. And I think that sometimes, and the strategy work when you do it for a big business is very complex. So I think that it keeps me, uh, I think very relevant to be uh, thinking of on some strategy business at a big scale because when you do it i believe as a big at a big big scale then you can you learn so much or you keep learning so much that you can then i, I make it it makes my profile more useful to smaller businesses but i'm doing a transition because actually i do think that i'm hoping that my corporation work will always be here but to your point before it makes me be very, very busy. <laughs> My days are very yeah. busy. I don't have kids. I don't have dogs. Nowadays, I don't have pets. So I can't dedicate my time to my job. I mean, sometimes my boyfriend is not too happy about it. So I have to be mindful of that as well. But I I think that as I grow older and I grow uh, more into my small business, being a business founder myself, I do think that maybe my passion will be to potentially still have one or two big corporate clients or three big corporate clients, but really invest my time much more with small businesses because I've, and over the past six weeks, I've really seen that I can make a difference there as well, much mm. more than I believed that I could before. And, um, and that actually the, that my three experiences of executive coaching, diversity and inclusion and business strategy is so needed, you know, because when I talk to a business owner, I'm able to navigate between Let's look at your business. Let's look at your mindset. And nowadays, because of this topic, let's help you create a diverse business or, you know, be part of an equitable business. So I think it's, um, it's really rewarding to me right now. And I hope that it continues to be honest, but you know, I get bored as I said, very easily. So 
I will always find things to do. My focus right now is on on that, but it could be that, you know, maybe tomorrow I believe that I will invest more my time with younger people, you know, and actually get them yeah. that, you know, giving them that, that, that um, I think, I don't know, energy or excitement to create their own thing. I'm not too sure, but having a mix, I think it's great because I have three levels of jobs. So my corporation clients, with that, I can, you know, I make, good decent money which means that i can charge less for my small business clients and they can get the same value and also having those two levels enable me to mentor people for free so i mentor two to three people a month two or three either uh, you know people who have just an idea and no business or people who already have a business but it's a non-profit or etc and i i basically mentor people as well so you know having the mix enables me to do that which i think is fab yeah that is sounds ideal it sounds like you're very busy but it sounds really good (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I can still enjoy nature and do things you know nice and I try I mean now I've really been you make time for you too oh yes because you know self-care is very important I'm I have a lot of energy so I have to really cut you know know how to tame it as well sometimes and relax and disconnect I'm working on this I mean I never thought that this would happen, right? So now I went, you know, I have a lot of emails and clients to serve at the moment, but I'm hoping that soon, you know, things will level off. And especially I think when I launch my training and I have my group, my small group coaching and things, I think that it will be, I'll be able to serve more people and I'll have maybe fewer questions because I would be able to channel things through the training and the coaching. Yeah. So that would be good. That sounds great. And how could people find out about the how to work with you and when the training starts and things that people might want to sign up for? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So today I'm actually going to put a, a join the waiting list on my website. So I've got a website which is www.high15. So high15 is H I G H. And then the word 15.com. Uh, uh, I'm on Instagram as well. So I'm, my, be, my DMs are always open, uh, like always. Uh, so, uh, and I'll start actually talking about, you know, I'm going to put the page on today and then I'll start saying, okay, join the waiting list there. So that's how people will be able to find me. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, yeah. So, and I will put all your details in the show notes as well so it's easy to find superb so that's that well thank you so much uh this has been a great chat and yeah i feel like i need to do your training (laughs) but we can talk about that after this (laughs) but yeah thank you so much for coming on the podcast oh not a problem it was my pleasure very much so i really enjoyed it Thank you so much, Vanessa. And thank you so much to all of you who are tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And I hope this episode inspires you to make any changes you feel are necessary in your business or perhaps work with someone that can help you decide what is right for your business if you feel that that is something you'd like to focus on. I will make sure that I post over on Instagram when Vanessa's program launches and I hope that you have a lovely week and thank you so much for listening and I will be back with another episode soon. Thank you very much.